Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 2nd of May. We start with breaking news out of the US this morning and Johnny Depp has won his defamation trial against his ex-wife Amber Heard. After a six-week trial, the seven-person jury this morning found the actress defamed Mr Depp in a 2018 opinion article the jury concluding the statement Miss Heard made about domestic violence in the Washington Post piece clearly referred to Mr Depp. Do you find that Mr Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. Jury members awarding Mr Depp a total of 15 million US dollars in damages, but as a result of Miss Heard's counterclaims, the jury also said he must pay his ex-wife 2 million US dollars. Here is Mr Depp's lawyer outside court. Today's verdict confirms what we have said from the beginning, that the claims against Johnny Depp are defamatory and unsupported by any evidence. We are grateful, so grateful to the jury for their careful deliberation to the judge and the court staff who have devoted an enormous amount of time and resources towards this case. In other news this Thursday morning, the Federal Treasurer is warning of tough economic times ahead. Jim Chalmers saying a perfect storm has fueled a spike in energy prices, adding cost of living pressures for Australians won't end soon. It comes as more key economic data was released yesterday, showing the economy grew by 0.8% in the first three months of the year, down from 36 in the December quarter. Mr Chalmers saying it's much weaker than they were expecting. Uh, Consumption, dwelling investment, new business investment, exports and nominal GDP uh, were all weaker in the March quarter than was anticipated by our predecessors in the budget. Meantime, as energy costs continue to soar, regulators are warning Victoria, Tasmania and South Australia could face gas shortages over the next 24 hours as icy temperatures cause a spike in demand. Residents in New South Wales and Queensland are also being warned that power supplies will be stretched. And it appears the housing market is on a downward trend, recording its first drop since September 2020. Data shows values were down 0.1% across the country for the month of May. CoreLogic's Tim Lawless says this is just the beginning. Inflation rising as well has started to erode uh, people's ability to save. So there's a lot of factors behind this, but of course with rates set to rise further, we are expecting this this downwards pressure will probably gather some momentum and spread to other regions around the country. And it's already been a chilly start to winter for millions of Australians in the country's south and east coast, and we're being warned it's just the beginning. An icy polar blast is sweeping through, bringing with it gusty winds, below average temperatures and even snow in some areas with ski seasons even kicking off a week early. Andrew Watkins from the Weather Bureau says the next few months will be colder than usual. Certainly for large parts of central Australia and into eastern Australia as well, yeah, looking like it'll be a, a cooler than normal winter. But down in Tassie, down in southwest Australia and, and up in the north, still might be a bit warmer than average, so OK in those spots. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. We start in WA where the state government is winding back its workplace vaccination policy from next Friday. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. 
Yeah, that's right, Tash. Hundreds of unvaccinated workers will be allowed to go back to work from June 10, while only those in healthcare, aged care and residential disability settings will need to be triple vaccinated. Premier Mark McGowan says we passed the peak of our outbreak. We are now at extremely high vaccination rates, in fact, probably the highest in the world. Uh, We've had a significant fall in our caseload numbers, and that is we're way past the peak, we estimate now. And our hospital admission and intensive care rates are significantly lower. Meantime, quarantine requirements for unvaccinated Aussies and permanent residents have been scrapped. They no longer have to isolate for seven days when they enter WA. Now to New South Wales, where promising new data shows the koala population is improving after the devastating bushfires. Our Sydney reporter Michaela Savage has more. Yeah, that's right, Tash. The latest survey of Kosciuszko National Park has found some pretty important evidence about the local koala population. More than 14 sites within the park have recorded male koalas. It means the population could really be bigger than what was previously thought. Until recent surveys, there had only been 16 recorded sightings of koalas in Kosciuszko in more than 80 years. Environment Minister James Griffin says it's really promising news. It will help us Um, plot and understand where the koala population might be in the more than 670,000 hectares that make up the largest national park in New South Wales. Up until now, it's been quite difficult to get out there because of the terrain. In addition to koalas, the surveys unveiled a host of other declining species, including recordings of the southern great glider and the yellow-bellied glider. For the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Local stocks are set to fall today with Wall Street spooked by ongoing talk of a US recession. Yeah, a month ago Wall Street was worried about inflation. Now it's recession. And the crazy cause is the belief that the US central bank will raise interest rates too high and create a recession. On Friday, the Yanks get their latest job numbers. If they are good, it will spark inflation and more interest rate rises. And if it's a bad reading, it will create recession headlines. Stock markets are currently locked into negativity and a huge circuit breaker is needed like the end of the Ukraine war. And Peter, interesting to note though, there is speculation here we could be headed into a recession or a GFC-like conditions again, but uh, it's interesting the latest economic uh, growth figures coming out are stronger than expected at 0.8%, so that's defying that theory at the moment. Exactly. It was a 0.8% growth for the March quarter, which started with floods and Omicron concern and the Ukraine war, which brought a huge spike in petrol prices. Our annual growth rate is now an above trend, 3.3%, but our new Labor Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, says the cost of living pressures could come back to bite the economy. Let's hope he's wrong. Absolutely. And Peter, there's so much focus at the moment on electric vehicles and the vehicles of the future. You'd think that would be great news for lithium stocks, but think again. Yeah, they were smashed. Lithium stocks used in batteries created yesterday on the local stock market after Goldman Sachs predicted a big price fall for the commodity. The stock Pilbara Minerals fell 22% in the day because of this oversupply problem. And also the Argentinian government is cracking down on miners who have been underquoting their sales to avoid tax. Happy Thursday. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, cheers to you. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Plenty of shots fired in Lance Franklin's tribunal hearing overnight as the Swans superstar challenges a striking suspension.
Yes, good morning, Tash. It actually got a little bit fiery in terms of the way they were describing that incident that happened last weekend. Lance Franklin trying to argue that the strike wasn't intentional. Instead, it was careless. And they said that Trent Cochin, the the Tigers veteran, uh, was exaggerating contact. In fact, he would have been better off at the Logies than the Brownlow. Uh, And then in return, uh, the Tigers said, or the AFL Council said that Buddy's strike was cowardly. In the end, that one-match ban was upheld. Uh, I think they were facing an uphill battle to overturn that anyway, but they faced the Demons this weekend. The reigning Premier coming off a loss, so that's a big game for the Swans. Now, while Buddy won't be there this weekend, we do have another superstar playing, albeit in the State League, Nat Fife, to play his first waffle game in 12 years. Uh, Fremantle have Brisbane in a top-floor blockbuster on Sunday. And Wayne Carey, the North Melbourne legend, can't actually believe that Fife isn't playing in the AFL this weekend. Playing a game in the waffle, Nat Fife. I mean, I'd be parking him forward. I know we've said this. They're going well, I get it, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Hasn't played all season due to shoulder surgery, so maybe a step too far to come straight back into a game like that. Yeah, absolutely. And some interesting news, Brett. The voice of rugby league has announced he's hanging up his microphone after an extraordinary career. Yeah, not just in rugby league as well, Ray Warren, but, uh, you know, the Olympics and, and swimming. He had some great moments calling the likes of Hackett, Susie O'Neill and uh, and Ian Thorpe back in the day. But in terms of rugby league, he is the voice of rugby league, as you mentioned. 55 years he's been uh, working now and actually retires one match short of 100 State of Origin games, which is extraordinary. He didn't just go on for this, uh, this season uh, series opener uh, coming up next Wednesday night in Sydney, but uh, not to be. Wally Lewis, though. Uh, the Rugby League Immortal has told us that uh, Rabs had a special influence. Rabs had have the ability to be able to turn a pretty dull game into an exciting one. He made it sound like it was going to go right down to the wire and it was an absolute thrill. And we need that sort of thing tonight when the Titans face the Cowboys because both sides are missing origin stars. Tino Fa'asua Malawi, the skipper for the Titans, is out tonight on origin duty. The Cowboys without the likes of Val Holmes, Tom Dearden and Ruben Cotter as well. AJ Brimson will skipper the Titans and the absence of Tino and says uh, he won't change too much. I said to the boys, not much is going to change really. Um, I'm just stepping in for Tino for the weekend. Um, I'm not going to do any massive 20 minute spiels for the game or change anything. I usually chat on the field anyway. And Storm hooker Harry Grant has finally arrived in Maroon's camp after overcoming illness. And Brad, how good was that game between two of the best superstars in the world on the tennis front? And now the French Open quarters are underway. Yeah, they certainly are. Yesterday, of course, you're talking about Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. It was a four-setter, probably deserved to go five. One of the greatest rivalries in the history of tennis. Those two have shared and Rafa edging ahead again as he goes for 14 titles there at Roland Garros. Uh, on the other side of the draw this morning, a five-setter, Marin Cilic beating Andre Rublev in the women's draw. Igor Fiontek has comfortably won through to the semis. Brett, thank you. Thank you, Tash. And the oldest and biggest plant in the world has been discovered off the coast of WA. Researchers believe the 200-kilometre patch of seagrass started growing at least 4,500 years ago. They're now carrying out a number of experiments on the plant to understand how it survives and thrives. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.